0: He's running as an outsider again and that's exactly what you know elon musk wants people to do he's an outsider a bad boy jonathan t davis is a lifelong new yorker who ran for borough president of manhattan in 1981 He was outpolled by both Andrew Stein, who won the race, and by future Mayor David Dinkins, who came in second. Jonathan is old enough to remember the good old days, the bad old days, the return of the good old days, and the beginning of New York's present crisis. A non-practicing lawyer, he has served as a marketing consultant, classical concert presenter, and cultural activist. He's one of the smartest people I know. He's one smart guy. And uh, because he's so knowledgeable, I thought we'd call him back and see what we could talk about see if we could talk about the presidential candidates for the Republican Party. Um, he's got a lot of insights and he thinks about this all the time, as many of us do. But uh, I think he thinks about it on another level. So I'd love to hear what he has to say, and uh, we're gonna parry off some of my thoughts uh, back and forth regarding what I'm thinking about uh, some of the candidates and they have to say we don't want to repeat what everybody else has been saying that's not a waste of our time and your time so hopefully we'll have some new insights and fresher ones uh that you haven't heard on uh every other broadcast or podcast um jonathan could you do me two favors one is pronounce his name properly because you seem to have a linguistic ability i don't have and then afterwards i'm going to speak of him as vm because it's a tongue twister for me how do you pronounce uh, vivek's name Vivek rhymes with cake Ramaswamy Vivek Ramaswamy great yes thank you and you have some familiarity with him
1: well I don't know him personally but I do know his writing partner I've, I've been aware of Vivek since before his presidential run because he would have occasional op-ed pieces in the in the uh, Wall Street Journal co-written with Professor Jed Rubenfeld at Yale Law School whom I've known for a few years and so I I think that they're on the same page philosophically. So I have some understanding of Vivek, but I wouldn't want to overstate the connection I've never
0: actually sat down with. OK, so you watched the debate, did you not? Yes, I did. And did you get the idea that he came away as impressive? Uh, everybody seems to be talking about it was his evening and some polls show that uh, people were moved by him. Yet the bottom line is he think he's polling at about the 10 or 11 percent or something like that. But the polls don't mean anything. Tell me what your your takeaway was.
1: Well, my impression was that he, he certainly commands attention. People do. No one was going to fall asleep while he was speaking. And so the question is, uh, whom does he bring to the wh- why is he running and whom does he bring to the Republican uh, column? And at this point, with Donald Trump running. 40 percent, uh, uh, forty points ahead of his nearest competitor, and with uh, greater support than all his rivals put together, it would appear that people are running for something other than the presidential nomination. Now, don't rule out the fact that Donald Trump could fade at some point because of his legal difficulties, and then someone will be waiting in the wings. But it's also possible that of the, I don't know, seven, eight, nine people on the stage, they each had individual reasons. Some might be trying to position themselves to run for vice president, or for a Senate race in another year, or just to get ahead in, in private life. You know, After I ran for office I had, and lost, uh, I had breakfast with one of the leading elders of the Republican Party, and he gave me a bit of advice. He told me that the best jobs he ever got in his life, he got by virtue of running as a Republican and losing. So you never know exactly what a person's motivation is, and many people have more than one motivation. Now, assuming that Vivek is truly running to replace Donald Trump, which I don't think he is, I think that he did a good job of appealing to the Trump base, but I'm not sure that he appealed beyond the Trump base. He's notably said that he thinks Trump is the uh, best president of the 21st century, which frankly is probably true, but it's a fairly low bar given the other people who have held the office since 2001. So uh, I I think he might be positioning himself to uh, be selected
0: as vice president, or he could be competing for something else entirely. Okay. Don't you see a tremendous inconsistency in claiming that Trump is the best president of the 21st century, and at the same time stating, as he did over and over in his little talking pieces, about bringing us together? At one hand, if he's such a great president, why uh, why does he have to bring us together? Obviously, the nation is more divided than it ha- ever has been. Uh, there's talk of civil war. You know, all the polls show, you know, this complete east-west uh, purple-blue-red divide. <clears throat> that's all people could talk about is how divided the country is. So we're just coming off of, you know, a, a division, um, a divisive president, to, to say the least, who's now attacking you know everybody um, who's against him. Why would we need him to bring us together if he's such a great president? That doesn't make any sense. In fact, it's illogical.
1: Well, I think that his evaluation of Trump has to do with the fact that he agrees with Trump and is trying to endear himself to him to be on the ticket if if that's in the cards. I think that bringing us together is just standard campaign rhetoric that any candidate is going to say uh, in any context. Though I do want to make a point about this supposedly unprecedented polarization. Uh, Obviously, the country was more polarized during the Civil War. But coming to a much more recent time, if you lived through the late 60s and the early 70s, as I know you did, there were riots in the street, there was National Guard called out over student protests. So, you know, I, I think that we do have an unusual type of polarization today that I would attribute to two things, and I haven't really seen anyone talk about both things together. The first is the selection of candidates in the primary process. Party candidates used to be chosen by party bosses, and they chose candidates who were near the center. George Wallace used to say that there isn't a dime's worth of difference between Democrats and Republicans. And while not literally true, it was almost true. And that's why we had candidates who were very near the center. Once we went to a primary system, we got candidates who were further out, uh, Democrats on the left, Republicans on the right, So we end up with candidates who are either really out to the fringe or pretend to be there and then veer back towards the center and make themselves seem inconsistent. So I think the the selection of candidates by the primary system is one factor in the polarization. A second is the fragmentation of the media. I grew up at a time, as I know you grew up at a time, when people got their news from ABC, NBC, or CBS. And now the, the, the networks made so much money that they could actually do a good job at journalism in their news departments. The News departments lost money and they didn't care because they were making billions on their other operations. That's no longer the case. And so what we see is supposed news operations are actually engaged in entertainment. And the way you draw people to entertainment is through conflict. Now, that explains the polarization when you put those two factors together. So I, I wouldn't come down too hard on Vivek because he says he has to bring people together. That's what every candidate in both parties is going to say.
0: Hmm. OK, well, uh, that's a really good analysis. And I actually completely agree with you on both counts uh, about the media and about the primary system. Um, I don't think it's true that Trump want, talked about bringing people together. So I think it's interesting that Vivek does. What really I think is going on, and my my take on the on the uh, entire candidacy of, of Vivek, is that um, the Silicon Valley libertarian social Darwinists looked at the election of Donald Trump, and they saw that um, they could foist any fool on the American public. They looked at it and said, "Oh my God, these people have swallowed this." They really can't be very bright or very serious. We should run our own candidate there. Let's let's put in our own sort of Silicon Valley venture capital, uh, libertarian, social Darwinist, as I mentioned, uh, uh, our own guy. And they, he's these he's over the top. He's the front the front runner. He's sort of the salient for the the army behind him. You know, the people that Elon Musk would like to see, the people that Peter Thiel would like to see, Um, you know, he's got a libertarian eliminate this, uh, half the government. Uh, He holds himself out as an example of somebody of color and a minority that has succeeded in America. So basically, why can't everybody if, you know, he has his struggle to become a billionaire or very rich? Um, It's an angle that I haven't heard anybody talk about, but that's really what I see in him. Um, just their their desire to throw in a candidate. He may they don't think he's gonna win, but it's interesting to explore on their behalf. Maybe they'll invite somebody else, you know, who could win next time around. Your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I, I don't agree with every detail of your analysis, but I do understand what you're saying. And my attitudes are number one, uh, if if successful people who have built businesses want to contribute to the political process that's a very healthy thing. I'm happy to see them participate. I'm much more disturbed when I see people who could contribute something to public life sit by the sidelines. Now, this, my second attitude towards your analysis is if they wanted a malleable candidate, I don't think they would have picked Vivek. I think that Vivek is sincere in what he's saying nowadays. And I know people dredge up tape of him from 20 years ago well, if a 38 year old man believes everything that he believed when he was 18 or 20, oh, that he I hasn't been
0: sincere. Yeah, I, I, so I, I, I think he's sincere in what, in what he what he's what he's talking about. I think he fully believe, you know, I fully believe. I think he believes his own bullshit. I don't I don't have any doubt about that. I don't think he's like acting on behalf of these people. Uh, yeah. So all. if
1: you want, if your analysis is basically saying that people who have the same attitudes are supporting him, uh, I go along with that. I mean, that's that's the way politics works. If you're implying something
0: more conspiratorial,
1: no, uh, that, that that I, you know, that, that I would have probably I'm not a conspiracy yeah. theorist. No, me the neither. Side. No,
0: I'm not implying anything. Uh, implying anything conspiratorial at all. I'm, what I'm stating is that I think that um, the social Darwinists in Silicon Valley who have a lot of money and a lot of desire to be in politics. I mean, Elon Musk does. You know Peter Thiel, even though he said he's not going to fund anybody anymore, he has a tremendous interest in politics. Has up until now funded candidates. We know who they are. JD Vance was one of them, etc. And I he, he's a social Darwinist, in my opinion. I hope he doesn't sue me. I mean, I think you know that's who he is, and it's okay to be a social Darwinist. And I think Vivek is also. So because. They're social Darwinists. They want to get into the political. You know, the Koch brothers did this. You know, I mean, it's not the first group of people that 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 put up candidates in, in, that are f- believing in their philosophy. So I completely agree that it's their philosophy. I don't think it's a conspiracy. I think he—that's who he is. He's a stalking horse or a a showrunner for for that libertarian group, and they see an opening to attack. Um, the, quote bought and sold. That's his comment on every other politician that was up on that table. Uh, that stage that night. Quote: They are all bought and sold because they're part of a political process. So he's running as an outsider again, and that's exactly what you know. Elon Musk wants people to do. He's an outsider, a bad boy. A, a, yeah, I, I
1: I I understand your point, point. and uh, I I'm not disagreeing with that part of the analysis. I'm just saying, almost so what. I mean, I think it's uh, I think it's a, it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a I good mean, thing, and you, I don't you, agree. Yeah, you with, could argue
0: that you you, you could argue that uh michael bloomberg was that of the liberal department right I mean, or, you could or, argue, or you george
1: know. soros to take Yeah, you know, george Soros. You
0: know. but yeah you, know, you could argue exactly i'm not, exactly so there's nothing wrong with this uh, or or evil in or in any way I, I think that you know milan and peter thiel and the Koch brothers are allowed to have their candidates i'm just pointing out that i think that vivek is part of that group and that i don't think he's people understand that that's possibly you know what what he's where he's coming from maybe they well do. one
1: thing one thing I would disagree with Vivek about is accusing the others of being uh, bought and paid for. I think that yeah. while there are certainly cases where people accept money and then vote on something because they've taken the money, I think that's the rarity. I think much more common is that people with money give it to people that they perceive as agreeing with them. Yeah, And that that's you know that's not bribery. That's just people of common interests coming together and trying to bring about change that they see as good. Right. I, I, w- I... I wouldn't demonize that.
0: It's so interesting you say that because I don't know where it was, but I read a really interesting editorial about this. Either it was the Journal or Politico or Slate. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But what they were saying was the people, other people on the stage have been governors, representatives, congressmen, senators. (laughs) They've like given their life to the accomplishments of the political system. And here comes this whippersnapper, you know, who made a few bucks in uh, the biotech world. And he's just dismissed all of that experience, all of that effort, all of that political. Political savvy and insider. He's just thrown it out the door, a la Donald Trump. And they were really excoriating him for like, sort of like a, just a moral ineptitude to dismiss all these human beings, all these political people who have spent their life in government. So that's what you're saying, isn't it? it,
1: It's not exactly what I'm saying, but it's a sentiment that as you've described it, I share. Uh, I wouldn't be so dismissive of the other people. I mean, I think that there were some very solid the, the Republicans have a deep bench this this time around. There were solid people there. And frankly, I would vote for any of the Republican candidates over any of the Democrats that have come forward as potential challengers to Biden. So really? I, you,
0: would, you, you would vote you really you, you would vote for Ron DeSantis over over Joe Biden. Really? I'd vote for almost anyone over Joe Biden. I really? think that. Okay.
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, it look, I didn't agree with him in the first place, but I think it's reached a point of sadness where he's he's past his prime. And he... oh,
0: he's totally past his prime. There was a fascinating debate the other night or talk to-, to talk show with Joe Rogan and Bill Maher. It was really interesting. I urge listeners to, if they can, to to tune into that somehow, you know, on YouTube or wherever it is. Because they really went at this exact ex- exact thing that we're having now who would you choose joe biden or all these other people and bill maher acknowledged joe biden has passed his prime he's probably senile he's not he's not he doesn't walk straight he's not he, an ideal candidate he you know he's, his son is, is is immersed in you know all sorts of shenanigans he acknowledged all of that but it pale in comparison to the inanity of either donald trump or he didn't mention it, Ron DeSantis. And that's how I feel. I mean, I'm making t-shirts up that say I would vote for Joe Biden's corpse over live Donald Trump. That's how I feel. If they told me Joe Biden was dead, like, you know, the night before the election, and I could vote anyway, I would vote for him over Donald Trump. I can't be clearer than that. I think Donald Trump's the worst thing that's happened to this country since Benedict Arnold. So, well, I've, I've and, gotten if, that impression
1: from you. Yeah, you yeah. have. And so <laughs> I
0: think that, you know, I, I think that Ron DeSantis is mini me. Donald Trump is just as bad. Because he's playing up to that audience and he thinks it's funny to, you know, to carry on the shit and shenanigans that he's coming on. So if you want to talk about the other candidates, Nikki Haley or Chris Christie, yeah, I'd be happy to know. do that because they're rational human beings. But they're not, I'm not voting for a Donald Trump or any Republican candidate over Joe Biden, regardless of how inept well, Joe then. Biden is let's let's take a look okay. at the rest of the field oh, uh, wow, let's do it
1: i i, I asked myself uh two things do they add anything to the ticket ideologically and do they add anything to the ticket demographically and as you say you, you know i wouldn't call desantis a trump mini me but I don't see that he would be compatible with Trump on the ticket or that he brings. Well, actually, legally, they couldn't be on the ticket because they're both Florida residents and the Constitution bans it. So <laughs> we, we don't even have to consider that. Uh, but Nikki Haley is the person yeah. who made the biggest jump in my estimation from the moment I turned the debate on till the moment I stopped uh stop watching. Yep. In other words, I I was the most favorably surprised that doesn't mean she's my favorite candidate but in terms of what my expectations were and what her performance was i was extremely impressed with her and i think she's someone who literally does add uh backing to the ticket so if let's assuming the nominee is going to be trump or even if it's going to be someone else i could see her if not heading the ticket then being a very good addition to it just in the electoral sense i think she was also very reasonable in everything she said so I, I came away with a much enhanced opinion of her. Uh, to my surprise, one of the other people that I felt better about coming out than going in was Get Ready, Chris Christie.
0: No, I agree uh, with you. I'm not. Re- I'm, I completely agree with you. I, Chris Christie, is and again is a semi-rational to rational on the on the ratio meter. He's up there. I mean, he, you know—he's a ninety percent rational human being. He's not flawless. There's a million things wrong with him, but he is not an irra- He's become rational. He wasn't. Ir- he was irrational when he was supporting Trump because he didn't know this. I knew this from the well, day that I, he came down the elevator, but the escalator. But doesn't matter. I agree with you. We're two for two. Nikki Haley and 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 Chris Christie join the rational group, as as that, does Asa Hutchinson. But go on. Well,
1: uh, Asa Hutchinson, I I don't think is
0: seriously in contention no, he's not. He's not. So that, he's not. so that's he's, he's I, not even polling a one percent agreed but he's right the other
1: the the other person who uh impressed me especially because i had never heard of him before was the governor of north dakota uh uh bogum or he's
0: not even polling one percent let's not talk about him yeah so okay
1: so who else do we have uh no
0: pence
1: you, you know pence is someone who uh I think, is presidential in the very old-fashioned sense. He's solid. He thinks as he speaks. Uh, I don't think he's—there uh, th- isn't a corrupt bone in his body. Uh, I, I started off as a strong Pence supporter, and I think he, he showed his true colors by doing the right thing on uh, January 6th. So I could easily support Pence if he's the nominee. And I'm I, I actually very favorably disposed towards him. Uh, obviously, he won't be on the ticket again with Trump. There's just too much hostility between them. Uh, but I think, again, if how would you feel if it were Pence against Biden? Would you
0: still vote for Biden? Um, that's a good question. Probably, yes, because of Pence's feelings about abortion. Um, you know, I, he's, he's an extremist on, on that one issue. Well, Um, here's the thing about, but he's certainly on, he's certainly okay about Ukraine, which is my, which is more important to me in a sense than abortion, frankly, you know, I'm not a woman, so I can make a statement like that. But yeah, I mean, I, 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 he, I, he, his religious fundamentalism and his, his, you know, God oriented this, that that doesn't strike me as uh, is the kind of person that I want to see in the white house. But. I don't think he's insane. So, yeah, he's somebody I would consider.
1: Well, to me, he's someone who has accepted the Supreme Court's decision that abortion is up to the states. And I'm put off both by Democrats who want to establish a federal right to abortion and by Republicans who want to establish a federal prohibition of abortion. The Supreme Court has ruled. I mean, I, I accepted the Roe decision. And it was the law of the land for half a century but now the supreme court has ruled in dodd that abortion goes back to the states and i don't think it's responsible for people from either party to try to get the federal government to pass a law that the supreme court would immediately strike down as being unconstitutional whether it whether it authorizes abortion or bans abortion it's just not pursuant to the constitution
0: right why are you a republican I mean, you sound like you know, you sound so rational and so intelligent. I mean, that's a very mainstream, smart thing to say that you don't hear that those words out of any Republican anymore. They, they, well, what you just said is so 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 smart yeah it's the law of the land they 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 turned it back to the states there are a lot of things the left likes about you know the states like the left wanted marijuana legalized in some states some states didn't want to legalize marijuana Everybody's free to move to the state that they want to move to if they want to smoke pot or get an abortion but you know this isn't this isn't the uh, being spoken of by anybody everybody's upset about you know about it on a national level why are you a republican because you if not? you, well, I am a Republican. And I think if you look at
1: national polling data, you're going to find that the vast number, the, the, the vast majority of people agree with what I'm saying. Now, oh, people, I've... we can go back to the polarization points. Why do so many candidates say things other than what a, ma- a majority of the people agree with? It's because right. what they, it's what they have to do to get nominations. Why do they appear that way on TV? Because that's what they do to get publicity. But if you look at the actual polling data, uh, you'll find that there is really a great silent majority out there. And I, came, I cast my first vote in a presidential election in 1968 for Richard Nixon. And what I'm saying are the sorts of things that Richard Nixon said at the time, Ronald Reagan said 20 years later. Uh, so I, I don't see what I'm saying as being out of step with the long-term history of the Republican Party. No, it's not and out I don't, of
0: step with the long-term history of the Republican Party. It just and it's not out of step.
1: step. It's not yeah. out of step with what a majority of people in this country believe today.
0: I agree so with that, I, too. So when is, okay, I agree with that. Okay, very good. So when are Republicans going to move to the center? When 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 is Nikki well, Haley going to poll more than you know 8% or 7%? When When is she not going to poll? Why isn't she polling 60% or 50%?
1: Because I think there's a phenomenon going on right now that's unique in recent history, maybe unique in American history altogether. Which, well, certainly unique in American history altogether. Which is the multiple indictments of a former president who is a current candidate. And I think that a lot of Trump's current support is from people who feel that he's been unfairly targeted. Which, frankly, I feel as well. Uh, and I, I I don't know if you've listened to Alan Dershowitz. Uh, Dershowitz has. Uh, A book out called Get Trump, describing the uh, attempt to disable Trump legally, which is not the way things should work in this country. You know, I know that during his campaign, there was the chant at his rallies, lock her up, referring to Hillary. But once he got in office and he was asked, are you going to lock Hillary up? He said, we don't do things like that in this country. And that's the truth. That's what they do in third world banana republics. And that's what we're seeing happen against Trump right that's now that's because
0: Trump turned America into a third world banana republic. And well, every again, single Jonathan, again. every single one of I mean, it started with with Rex Stewerson, dumb as fucking shit, or a dumb idiot or whatever. This man is insane. He's an absolute okay. moron. Don't don't so you know so what? what? So you know what? Don't vote for him.
1: I understand you don't like him. Don't vote for him. That's your yeah, right. Yeah, but don't, you know, Jonathan. But the way- I don't
0: care. If you're a criminal, it doesn't matter if you're the president of the United States. We have a justice system, just like you said. We have a Supreme Court. We have a court system. You've been very clear about this is a democracy. These are federal prosecutors, they're state prosecutors. They have a case. They believe he's committed a crime. They believe he's a criminal. We're going to put him on trial. What's wrong with that? I don't care what's if he's wrong? the ex president. In fact, he is a criminal or maybe a criminal. Well, so if he's a no. criminal, well, I'll tell you, let's I'll tell put you him in jail.
1: You asked the question i'll tell you what's wrong with that is in 3 of the 4 cases the exception being the florida case with the documents uh, the legal theories are garbage that's what They're, you think, uh,
0: that you well, think yes, smith, it is. you think jack smith is, a, is is put up a garbage theory you think jack smith one of the smartest legal minds of our time one of the great prosecutors one of the really knowledgeable people about the law and 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 the statutes and the constitution is is going around charging him for nothing that's an insane I think, statement i don't think it's insane i think that if smith were sincere
1: uh what he would do is seek a change in venue that i don't i don't believe that trump can get a fair trial in a in a jurisdiction that voted probably 90% against
0: him so okay. the,
1: that be, uh, that's, that's number that one. Be, number two, take the New York case. The New York case. I don't is want to on, talk about the
0: New York case. I think it's okay. garbage myself. Then I, take, I, I, okay, forget the New York case. It's garbage. I don't. It's just ridiculous. The
1: Georgia,
0: the Georgia, case, or, the Georgia case. The Georgia case. you going to tell me that's garbage? I'm going to tell you that the RICO. Part of it is absolute garbage. And yes. Jonathan, jo- Jonathan, wake up, my friend. They use RICO against everybody. They used it against teachers who were cheating on exams. This country has is decided that it wants to use RICO in all sorts of nasty ways. You talk to any any serious criminal lawyer. RICO is definitely overused and overcharged. This may be an example about that. But why should Trump be exempt from the RICO charges when three quarters of the other people charged with RICO should? Because be this
1: is. Because this is not how we make our political decisions. We make our political decisions at the ballot box. And we're going down a very dangerous road when we try to do it through disqualifying candidates. I love it. I love it.
0: Well, I I know. know, I I, I love this conversation. It's a good one because I don't because we also don't indulge criminal behavior, no matter who it's from. OK, I don't care if it's the president or anybody if they were. He said, I'm well, I can you- shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. That's who he is. He believed that. He believed he could kill somebody on Fifth Avenue and get away with it. That's a public statement that everybody knows he made so, because he said So it. I'll tell you what. He believed show that me he a could case, do anything.
1: Show me, a, show me a case against him where there's actually a strong legal case in a jurisdiction where he can get a fair trial, and I'll say, move forward with it. But in three out of the four current criminal cases, that's not the case. And in the Florida case, the documents case he's being charged for something that almost everyone else at his level of public life has indulged in so it, it Boy, doesn't you're really
0: into you're really into the whataboutism aren't you you know everybody else returned no, I... the documents when they were asked everybody else went through the process and the procedure of if they made a mistake and you know mistakes were made and i know other people did take documents that they probably shouldn't have when it was identified as such they cooperated and they sent the documents back they didn't defy and lie and obscure and and commit fraud against the federal government that requested the documents how's that I... Well, you can
1: say that. I'm not sure that that's entirely true, since many people take documents and they're just discovering that there's another box here under my Corvette. There's another box here in my second home. I'm not at all sure that what you're saying is true. But I will give you that that's the strongest of the four cases against him. But once again, if we don't want him as president, that's something that should be decided at the ballot box, not in the courtroom.
0: Is there, so, is there any reason that a president should ever be indicted? Are, are you you're just kind of saying that we can ha, now have criminality in the executive branch? That no, that I didn't the, say that. You, that. you just did. That, 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 no, I didn't say box that. The is the only place. No, then then what would rise murder? I mean, what would rise to the occasion in your mind for that that would warrant this? A, a strong
1: criminal case in the ordinary sense, or bribery, treason, you know, the things listed that are impeachable in the Constitution. I mean, I, I'm not against criminal prosecution you, of an actual criminal. What I'm actually, what I'm against, is using the criminal law to subvert the political process, which is what I think is going on here.
0: Okay. Well. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. That's some pretty powerful thoughts. That uh, that that uh, some pretty powerful people were conspiring to uh, deprive us of. Uh, of a of a worthy candidate who is blameless and completely didn't No, play. it
1: I I I didn't say he's worthy and I didn't say he's blameless. What I said is that you don't trump up to use precisely the right term. You don't trump up charges against someone in order to get him out of a political race, which is I what's happening now.
0: That's what you think, right? And I, I disagree yeah. with that. I don't think they've trumped up anything. I think they probably did their due diligence and they found out this guy's a criminal. So they've indicted him. <laughs> this is that simple. He committed well, a felony, felonies and they've they, 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 they called okay, him on I, it. It's interesting yeah, okay. the way
1: you say that. You said they did their due diligence and then they indicted him. Normally what happens is there's this discovery that a crime was committed and then there's a search to find out who committed the crime. I think the exact opposite happened here. What happened was there were legal teams that said, we're going to get Trump. Now let's find something to get him on. It's reverse of the way the criminal process
0: normally goes forward. OK,
1: OK, OK,
0: we, we, we're now. We're, we'll, we're,
1: we're, yeah, we'll, okay. we'll cancel each other we're, out on election day. We'll OK,
0: we'll see. We'll, but, you know, Jonathan, um, there's no polling data. Not, again, not that I love polls, but there's no polling data to prove your point that uh, he's got getting like a sympathy bump, you know, or indictment bump. You you definitely actually stated, I you, know,
1: that, you know, I I don't have the figures at my fingertips, yeah. but I've he's, said, but I've seen in polling data that with each indictment, the yeah. level of support for him
0: has gone up. I've so seen I, that. It's funny that you say that. Okay, we. I've uh, heard reports of yeah, it. I yeah, you know I didn't yeah, okay. up the
1: polls myself. Who knows what's true. Or-
0: Okay, so let's just wrap it up and 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 go with um your your take on uh, if you had to press the lever today, you would press the lever for who? I
1: I'll you know it. I would say it's too soon to say. I'm one of those people who think everyone should vote on the same day on election day. I agree with that.
0: You. As long as there's a
1: campaign going on, this idea of early voting, I think, I is another. It's a subversion of American democracy. I agree. Because it's trying to get people to vote before all the information is out there. Uh-huh. So yeah. I, I can't say whom I would ultimately okay. vote for. That's fine. I'm going to keep an eye on the entire field. Now, the Here. people I saw as strong performers uh, were Pence, Haley, Christie, DeSantis, uh, at varying levels. Uh, I The, the others, uh, Hutchinson and uh, Borgham, I don't think of there just yet and Vivek is the interesting character because he's getting the most attention but I'm not sure you I, know,
0: I, I, like I, you I, I
1: disagree with him about Ukraine
0: I think he's totally yeah. wrong on Ukraine so yeah we're totally wrong on Ukraine you know I watched him intensely I watched like about as many hours as I could take of, of him in preparation for this uh this discussion this podcast and I, I got to tell you, he really sounds like chat GPT to me. I mean, he's <laughs> like the chatty Cathy crazy old doll that like you throw like one word out and you push the string in the back and out comes this verbal, you know, assault almost. I mean, he's got an answer for everything. He sounds like me when like I'm really, really drunk and I'm fighting with my wife or something and like I have an answer for everything. She can't get a word in edgewise. I know exactly what I want to say. It's like I'm really obnoxious about it. It's like it's very strange. It's this stream of it's, consciousness speech that he has is like rapid fire rapid fire nonsense if you listen to it long enough it's just blah word salad but it sounds convincing like he knows what he's talking about i know what you mean and i Do think that that's okay.
1: i i well i think that he has a relatability problem uh vis-a-vis people who don't already agree with him okay. and that's why i go back to the point about what does someone bring to the ticket
0: right now
1: nikki haley speaks in a way where i get the impression that she's thinking as she's speaking when you say chat gpt that that was the line that chris christie used because it can sound when someone (laughs) has the demeanor of a high school debater it can sound like they've thought through in advance what they're going to say and they're not thinking as they're speaking and they're not listening to what you're saying
0: right and i think
1: that if 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 vivek And i'm sure this won't happen but if he called me up tomorrow and said what advice would you give me to improve my my chances in this race i would say make yourself more relatable by taking a deep breath before you answer a question and at least pretend you're thinking while you're saying it (laughs) not that you thought about everything beforehand the other thing i would say to him is read some history of the 1930s before you say we shouldn't oppose putin uh there's there's no historical case where war has been av- avoided by being weak what we want to do if, you know vivek's point which is a valid consideration is that the chinese are looking at this and they will take russia into their fold if uh if we drive russia away i have exactly the opposite point of view i think the chinese are looking at this and they're trying to determine is the west going to be strong yes. and if we ba- if we back down before putin Agreed. then the chinese are going to take not just Taiwan, they're going to take whatever they want in Southeast Asia. And so it's very important. Unless we want a repeat of the 1930s, what we have to do is show that we are going to oppose the expansionist autocrat in the, at
0: his first aggression.
1: It's not even really his first aggression because he's done no, elsewhere. No, but-
0: fourth aggression. Yeah, right. Chechnya, Georgia, Transnistria. Yes. I agree, Jonathan. We completely well, Let's do another podcast on this, okay, because I completely agree with you. I'd be happy from, to. From day one, I have advocated NATO go in. I, I want to. My my strategy is to call him up, call Putin up, and to tell him you got twenty four hours to stop the war and pull back, or NATO's going in. We won't tell anybody that we told you this because we don't want we'll to embarrass you. But if you don't pull back in twenty four hours, we're taking you. You know, I talked to some military analysts. That you know what they told me it would take three weeks for NATO to destroy the Russian army what's left of it three weeks Mm -hmm. three weeks well I understand
1: your point I'm not sure we should go that far
0: but okay that's how far (laughs) I want to go yeah
1: now (laughs) what I what I would add what I would add since since I I have at this point I'm opposing something that several of the Republican or at least one of the Republican candidates is saying I don't think that we would have the situation we have in Ukraine if biden hadn't cut and
0: run from afghanistan oh that's ridiculous okay (laughs) Okay.
1: <laughs> it sent the wrong message to our to our potential enemies.
0: Yeah, the Russians cut and run, ran from Afghanistan. Everybody's always cut and run from Afghanistan. There was no way to win that war. They didn't want to. They didn't want to be saved. Those people wanted the Taliban back. They they begged to have the Taliban back. But listen, we'll do another show. Jonathan, no, that's another. <laughs> another another two shows, Jonathan. I love listening to you. I really do. This is like the the best cocktail hour, uh, but it's a podcast. You are so smart. Really enjoy your are you're, you're challenging you and and you make me think and I really appreciate that. Well, so,
1: thank, you thank you for you the opportunity much. to talk about things and next time we'll add the cocktails.
0: Listeners, thanks again for tuning into Out of the Box with Jonathan Russo. Your input is valuable to us and we'd really like to hear from you. Please send us an email anytime with feedback at OOTB with J Russo at gmail.com and follow us on our Twitter page OOTB with J Listeners, Believe it or not, we're on Instagram. Please follow us at OOTB with Jay Russo on Instagram. This has been a copyrighted production of Grapevine Incorporated. All rights reserved.